broadcasting from Knoxville, along the banks of the mighty Tennessee River. This is the Startup Knox podcast, featuring interviews with local entrepreneurs about their startups. I'm your host, Brandon Bruce, and today we continue our special series of interviews with Latinx founders. Today I'm talking with Eddie Resendez, a freelance commercial director, director of photography, and editor. Eddie is the co-owner of Far Productions LLC, which he started five years ago, and he started freelancing in March 2020. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, thank you for having me, Bruce. Absolutely. So, big transition this year and quite a time to do it. So, the COVID-19 pandemic is really starting to ramp up in the headlines in March 2020. And right at that moment, you're jumping out and doing more work as a freelancer. Uh, What prompted the change and how has 2020 been going so far? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I can't say that it's been going like amazing. But honestly, uh, there was a little bit of break on, on like, there wasn't much work around March till till like July, but then after that it kind of picked up and there has been like uh, nonstop work since then. But uh, yeah, uh, I like you were saying, I co-own a production company called Far Productions, and we've been running the company for about five years. And um, at the beginning of the year, I kind of realized that I was not so into the managing business part of it um and i wanted to focus a lot more on the creative side of commercial uh filmmaking so i decided to just start directing more as a freelancer and uh instead of me looking for clients i would just go directly to production companies and then they would hire me to um direct the commercials that would come to them uh, so I started doing like 50, 50, and then now I'm mostly doing uh, commercial directing. Um, so, yeah, that's exciting. So how did you get your start in the industry? Have you always been interested in filmmaking? Uh, how long have you been doing it for? Uh, I've been doing it for about eight years. It was like a slow transition. Like I, there wasn't like a, like a, Oh, I watched Star Wars, and then the next day I was like, "Oh, I want to be a filmmaker." It wasn't really like that. It was more like um, I started doing. Uh, I discovered Photoshop, and, and then I started playing around with Photoshop, and then that took me into photography, and then I did photography for a while, and then I bought this camera that also shot, uh, would shoot video, so I started doing videos, and then all of a sudden I'm doing weddings, um, and then I started doing short films. And then from there, uh, I realized I could get paid by shooting commercials for local businesses. And then that's kind of how I how I got into it. Uh, but yeah, it was like a slow transition going from different sides of, of different media. So like graphic design to photography. And then I finally landed on video. So what was the jump like from shooting photos, shooting videos at weddings? And then you said you started making short films. Were you kind of doing that? in the background on the side or was that a full break into, okay, I'm going to stop doing that, that work at weddings and shooting photographs and start producing films. Well, the, the film side of it was more like a, it wasn't, it wasn't a hobby, but I wasn't getting paid for any of that. So, uh, it's still my passion. I still like to do short films, but you definitely don't get paid for that. You, you put a lot of money into, into those films. So I started doing film festivals, uh, especially like local ones and, I would do like time competitions when you have like 54 hours to make a film or seven days to make a film. Um, and then there's a screening and then you go and like network with people and then you watch all the films. Uh, 
and then there is like an award ceremony afterwards. So that was, uh, I did that for probably like five or six years. Um, and, uh, I was doing the weddings to like make money and buy more year to make more stuff. Um, so I did weddings for about three years. Uh, and then, uh, like all of a sudden a business was like, Hey, can you come shoot something for my business? And I was like, yeah. And then I realized that I was getting paid a little more on the, for making commercials than doing weddings and weddings are stressful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, a lot of people say that it's like, Oh, it's easy money and good, good pay. I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't know about easy money. Uh, it's, it's definitely very overwhelming sometimes, but, uh, and, and I realized that commercials was more, uh, it was still overwhelming, but it was in, on, it wasn't like you could do another take and, and it, it'd be fine. You cannot ask the bride to, Hey, can you, you know, say your vows one more time? Uh, for me, like it's, it <laughs> just for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it doesn't work like that. So I started to find a lot more with like commercial filmmaking. Um, I think my end goal is still to do, um, uh, feature films uh, at some point, but I, I'm really enjoying like the commercial side of it. What what have been some of your your favorite commercials, uh, and, and maybe also some of your most challenging? Right, I mean we see we see commercials, we see different you know kind of production values in commercials, all the way from just a business owner telling you about their product with the store in the background to stuff with a lot of special effects. What what types of projects have you been working on? What are some of your favorites? So, um, I did one for actually, uh, downtown Knoxville, uh, about two months ago that I'm really proud of. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was still a small crew running around downtown, getting like a bunch of different shots. Um, and, uh, but that's kind of like where I, that's where I like, that's what I like to do the most. Like when it's like a small crew that, you're just like very like it's very intimate production basically like you're you don't have to answer to a lot of people uh you don't have like clients like behind you like hey can we do this can we do that it's like it, it's it that's kind of that was one that it was very fun because it was like a group of friends just making cool stuff uh i there's also one that i did at the beginning of the year that it was like a psa for a nonprofit that had a lot of uh, visual effects and uh, that was really fun. I always been very interested in, 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 in visual effects. Um, and uh, that was one, another one that was really fun to make. Uh, I mean, they're all challenging. They're all come with their own challenges. And, 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 and that's, I think that's what's fun about them that I'm, I'm a very, uh, I'm very into problem solving. So, especially like the day off, sometimes you have a whole plan and then the day off it starts raining or the location falls through last minute or something. And it's just, you're trying to have to figure out what you're going to do to salvage the shoot and, and still finish on time within the budget. And, and I think that's what I like about it. Where are some places that listeners could go to see your work? Is it, is the project for downtown Knoxville up on their website? Yes, it, it's, it should be on my website, eddieresendez.com. And uh, I have a Vimeo page, uh, which should be Eddie Resendez as well. Uh, or you can just go to 
Downtown Oxville YouTube channel or Facebook. Uh, I, you might have seen it. It's been going around on Facebook uh, for the past few weeks, but uh, yeah, it should be should be there. Yeah, so if listeners check out eddyresendez.com, you can check out the Downtown Knoxville video, which is fantastic. You've also got videos up there for Chattanooga tourism and then for the YWCA called Captain Game Changer uh, and several other videos. So really fun uh, to check those out. Um, You know, we're recording here toward the end of 2020. It's been a tumultuous year as we kind of wrap up here in November, heading into December and thinking about 2021. What, what do you foresee? Do you think there'll be kind of a steady stream of business as you have now? Do you think it'll be an incredibly busy year? What, what, what would you predict? Not really sure. What I do know is that, uh, when everything stopped back in like March or April, uh, there wasn't any content being produced. So when, the production started back up in like July, August, there was all this like uh, shortage of content. So everyone wanted to create content at that time. So the work just skyrocketed. So if we go into another lockdown or some kind of lockdown where the production stops again, uh, like around January, February, uh, I feel like right after that, it's going to, the work is going to skyrocket again. Uh, I think businesses need content no matter what. So even if we stop for a couple of months, it's going to go back up uh, after we are allowed to shoot again. So I, I, I think as long as you're making uh, good stuff and clients um, like your work, you're going to continue working. Uh, but it's definitely you have to manage uh, your money and your finances so you don't run out of money when there is no work. And uh, but yeah, you should. I, I feel like it'll be a busy year, but there might be slow parts to it. Like like always, I think in the production world, uh, around September to December is it's very busy because companies are trying to spend their marketing money, uh, their marketing budget. And then January comes around and it's really slow right until about March, April. That's when it starts picking back up. So I feel like it, it'll be like that again. Uh, the schedule might just vary depending on if there, we have another lockdown or not. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be, a, hopefully it'll be a, another busy year for, for all of us. Yeah, hopefully so. And I also want to ask you about your plans for doing more film work. So some of the shorts and projects that you've worked on going back to 2015. There was Firefighting, A Life of Its Own, followed in 2016 by Kaboom, Thick as Thieves in 2017, and then a trio in 2018, In the Ring, and Break, and Lit. Uh, Some favorite parts of those projects, and also what are you looking forward to doing in terms of, of film and shorts coming up in the next few years? Yeah, no, they were all fun. A lot of those were part of the time competitions that I was talking about. And I mean, I, I love making short films. They're, they're super fun. I do think uh, I did one last year where I was, uh, I, I mean, I, I love making short films, but you do have to put a lot of time and money into them. And you're probably not going to get anything back from them. Uh, unless it's like, like it, it gets picked up for some big award or something like that. But 
it's definitely like the return in terms of money is like nothing. And it's not that I do it for money or anything like that, but it's like, I'm getting pretty busy with commercial work that I don't have a lot of time to be planning a short film. And in one of them, they will pay me and one of them will not. So it's like, well, what should I do? You, you know what I mean? It's not okay. It's not like I, I only do it for money, but you know, but, you right. got to make a living. And when I was a little younger uh, and I had more time because I was still in college or I wasn't working as much, it was easier to make the short films because like you have more time. Um, and, and, and now it's a little bit more difficult. I, uh, I think now I'm getting to a point where I really need to like uh, come up with a story that I'm very passionate about that I really want to tell. And then I'll put all the effort into that uh, because before it was more like, Hey, you want to do something this weekend? Let's do it. You know, what, what can we come up with? Like, let's just come up with a story and, and see what, what we can do. And now it's just a little more difficult because now I don't want the, the quality of work to be low. Like, I don't want to show something that I did in a weekend when I know I could have done it so much better if I had a, a month to plan. So as, as you, as your work continues to grow, uh, you are less, um, exciting about doing stuff that is not going to be the same quality of work. Um, so I definitely, I, I did a, I did a documentary back in August called, um, uh, 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 sorry, uh, movement for ch- movement for change, and it was a lot of, during like the the racial uh, time that we were living on that during that time, and it was about you know by learning about each other, and the more that we learn about our culture, the the less we're going to be fighting, uh, and and that was one that I was really passionate about, it. and, and uh, I had the time because we were still like the production was kind of shut down. And, and it was something that I really enjoyed because I had to collaborate with a lot of different people and, and it was just a fun project in general. And, and I was, I felt really good about making it. Uh, so I, I definitely want to make more short films. It's more about finding the time and, 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 and the money. Yeah. Yeah. Now one of the shows that I want to talk about with you is called Tennessee Valley Uncharted. And you worked on that for a couple of years. Uh, the synopsis from IMDb says, watch as host Eric Baker, who's also a famous musician in Knoxville, and Ariel Nicole lead the way through breathtaking beauty, deep-rooted culture, and heart-pounding adventure, mined from the outdoors of the Tennessee Valley. Uh, how did you become part of that show? So uh, I have a couple of friends. Well, all of them are friends, but there is this production company called Pop Fizz. Uh, here in Knoxville, and they were the ones producing the show. Uh, it was like a, a production. The the marketing agency was Design Sensory, and they were the ones like actually producing the show. And and Popfest was like the production side of it. And I came in as a camera operator. Actually, uh, I was camera operator on that show for two seasons, I, I believe. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, we got to travel all over uh, around Tennessee and part of uh, like uh, the Tennessee Valley. So it was all the way from North Carolina to Alabama, uh, Mississippi, uh, Kentucky, Georgia, and all over Tennessee. And and it was a lot of fun. It it was, uh, we would like leave, uh, for three or four days, um, 
out of the week and shoot at different locations and 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 do a lot of fun stuff um, and teach about you know just uh, show what Tennessee and and well the Tennessee Valley has to offer and, and things that things that you can do with your family things that you can go do eating so it was like a tourism show so it was it was a lot of fun we got to try a lot of different really good food uh, meet a lot of really good people. And I got to actually direct one of the episodes. There was, it was actually the last episode. I think that they uh, stopped doing the show after season five. Um, but my last episode there, I got to direct in DP. And it was just a lot of fun. It, we actually went to Mississippi for that episode. And we had to, we got to go to the hotel that, that was owned, co-owned by Morgan Freeman and we got to stay in one of the rooms, and and it was just it, it was a lot of fun for sure. That's awesome. Hopefully, it will come back, or a version of it uh, may come back in the future. It's a great show, uh, won an Emmy Award back in 2017, and certainly a uh, celebration, like you say, of, of the culture in the Tennessee Valley. Um, as you think about your journey, starting Far Productions, now going out as a freelancer, have there been any unique, uh, you know? pieces of your background that have enabled you to have success in the field? I know you did a, a degree from Pellissippi State in cinematography. Uh, was it your interest in photography that led you to that degree or was it in, d- during the course of your studies that you got interested in it? Yeah, I, I mean, I started doing uh, uh, films and, and like video work uh, when I was still in high school. So Pellissippi was like, uh, they, I heard they had a good program there and, uh, it was just kind of what I also could afford at the time. And, uh, I decided to go there and I met my business partners there and I wouldn't say uh, it's, they definitely have a good program. And if you're, if you are uh, interested in video, you should definitely check them out. Um, but I, to that, I, I think if you wanted to do more video work, you could also just start doing it and learn from YouTube tutorials and all that. Um, and that's kind of what I did. Uh, I kind of would watch a lot of tutorials on YouTube on how to do stuff. Um, so by the time that I got into Policipi, I was actually a little more advanced uh, because I had that background of watching all there's hours of tutorials on how to do stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of one thing that helped me a lot. Uh, there are a lot of resources out there, especially now that you can rely on for learning basic camera stuff to very advanced kind of stuff. I mean, even podcasts now are a big thing. Uh, there are a lot of resources out there that you can, that you can check out if you want to get into, into video. But um, yeah, and, sp- and speaking of, helpful resources have, in addition to Pellissippi State, have there been any organizations, people that have been particularly helpful when to we you started, on your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, when we started uh, Fire Productions, we had a couple of uh, courses with the uh, SBA, uh, what does it stand for? Uh, Small Business Association. Yeah, Small Business Administration. Administration, that's right. And, and it, they were super helpful in teaching us just like the basics of what we needed to do, the forms that we needed to fill, uh, basic st- tax stuff, uh, things that you don't think about. Like, I feel like, and we were also 
pretty young uh, at the time and we didn't know anything about this kind of stuff, but it was very eye opening uh, once we took all these courses and it's like, yeah, you got to do that. You got to do this. And, and it's a lot more worth it to think of. You got to open a bank account and you got to figure out what, which bank account you, it's the right one for you, depending on how much money you're going to be making, um, how many employees you have, um, how you're going to be running the business. I mean, if, from going from an uh, LLC to, uh, uh, to, uh, uh, where are the other ones? Uh, doing business as uh, so it's like a lot of things that you don't think about uh when you're like oh yeah let's just open up a business and see what happens so having these resources uh i think is very very helpful and and i think there are a lot more now that there were before and i think there are a lot more options to to uh, do i mean now you have like the maker city here in oxville that they will help you and everyone they can so I feel like right now, if you were to wanted to open a business, there is no excuse to not do it. I feel like you have a lot of help around you to to do it. I love that. Well, and, and to your point, uh, business filings nationwide are at a record high, right? The last time they were this high was during the Great Recession of 2008, 2009. So there are a lot of people uh, taking the opportunity, taking the chance uh, to start new businesses and to your point, there's a lot of great resources uh, in our community, Tennessee Small Business Administration, Mississippi State, and many podcast. others. An amazing resource for for yeah, definitely as well. Um, so, a couple kind of rapid fire questions. What what book are you reading these days? What what book would you recommend uh, to listeners? Well, I, I'm actually reading one. I, I'm I'm not a huge uh, reader, to be honest. Uh, I, I should be more. Uh, I should be more into reading, but I, unfortunately. I'm not, but I'm reading one that is actually in Spanish. It's called Creativo, and it's about a Mexican author, author that they, he teaches you different ways to make money from your art, um, and, and it's very interesting. So <laughs> if you speak Spanish, you should definitely check it out. Fantastic. And what about, what about podcasts? You, you create short films and videos. Are you into podcasts? And if so, which, which are some of your favorites? Definitely. I, I think I listen more podcasts than I listen to music. Uh, there is one, if you wanted to go into commercial directing, there is one called Respect the Process with Jordan Brady. Uh, he's uh, he's awesome, super funny guy, and he will teach you like the basics of, of commercial directing. If you wanted to be a DP, there is one called The Wandering DP. You should definitely check that one out. Um, and which other one? Uh, if you... I like I like some of uh, true crime podcasts too, just for for fun. But I think that's kind of what I'm listening to right now. Yeah, I think one of the ones that uh, you mentioned before we chatted was was one called South of Scruffy. What's that one about? That's right. That's right. Sorry, I forgot to tell you about South Scruffy. Uh, so my friend uh, Ben Fields, he works at Pop Fizz, and, and he started a, a local podcast called South Scruffy. Um, and actually, I was lucky to be part, be a guest of the show, a couple right right at the beginning of the pandemic. But uh, he uh, interviews local uh, creatives, uh, musicians, uh, directors, uh, painters, like all kinds of creatives from from Knoxville and around this area. And it's really fun. Uh, he's he's an awesome guy. You should probably you should definitely check that one out. What on the other ones? Because uh, I feel like you probably find someone that you know in there. And um, yeah, he's, he's a good guy. You should definitely check that one out. 
Absolutely, and it's local. So listeners, check out South of Scruffy podcast. It's at southofscruffy.com, or of course, you can search for it in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite uh, listening platform. Uh, really cool concept, really cool interviews that drop every Monday. Uh, so check it out. Um, Eddie, what about your next steps? Will you continue, do you think, to kind of individually freelance? You've had the experience of running FAR Productions. Now you're uh, doing your own thing as a freelancer. Do you anticipate uh, doing any hiring, any fundraising in the next year or two? Yeah, uh, I, I don't um, hire like full-time people, but I do hire a lot of freelancers as well. So if we have a shoot and we need like a PA, we need a grip, we need a, a gaffer, a first AC, uh, camera operator, like we're always uh, hiring uh, freelancers. Uh, so definitely, if you if you're interested in the video world and, and want to just start doing it, if you're a professional, like uh, hit me up and and we'll add you to the freelance list. We're always needing people. Um, and yeah, I think the next steps will be to continue making commercials, try to get better and not bigger, better and bigger. I mean, bigger commercials are not always better but they're definitely more fun to make. Uh, and, and that's kind of what my, my goal is, goal is to expand to other markets uh, where other projects with maybe bigger projects will be more available to me. Um, I recently got signed with a production company from Nashville, Car Year 7, and, and I'm trying to expand into that market and also like Atlanta. So my goal right now is to continue making stuff to continue up upgrading my reel and my line of work so I can get better stuff. So definitely always learn to improve uh, room to improve and more. Uh, uh, I'm always more eager to learn different things and continue to uh, upgrade my skill uh, set. So yeah, I think that's what what's next for me. Absolutely. It's going to be a big 2021. And for listeners who are entrepreneurs are operating businesses. Now, if you're looking to create a video for your site, do some commercial work, uh, get the word out about your company through video, definitely get in touch with Eddie, eddieresendez.com. Check it out. Eddie, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. Best of luck to you here in the remainder of 2020 and into the new year. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thanks everybody for listening to the Startup Knox podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to listen to more interviews with Knoxville entrepreneurs. Please also leave a review on your favorite listening platform. If you want to know more about today's episode, check out the show notes on our website at startupnox.com, where you can also download a free Knoxville startup ecosystem guide. Join me for the next episode of the Startup Knox podcast. Thanks for listening.